Hi friends, welcome back to Soleil Deo Gloria. My name is Gracie, your host, and today I have a guest with me. Her name is Cassie. Cassie is one of my good friends from college, and I really wanted to interview her because her testimony is so big, so powerful, and I feel like there are a lot of unbelievers that could hear this or believers, um, and both will be encouraged, spurred on to chase after Christ. And in Cassie, I see life change. Like she has been met by the father and is continuing to pursue after him say no to her temptations and say no to just different struggles in life that you know she's really comfortable going back to um but she's really just pursued christ in a way that's so inspiring to me and she hasn't even been following jesus as long as i have and so it's really cool and like just encouragement and i want you guys to be able to hear her story so without further ado this is cassie hi and so today i just want to ask cassie some questions you know if you guys have been listening for a while now um just kind of give her give you guys a rundown of what having a guest looks like on my podcast she's just going to tell her testimony and i'm just going to ask little questions throughout her testimony um so yeah please give it up for cassie (laughs) so cassie how did we meet (laughs) we met in april of this year which is crazy it feels like so long i know um we were going to falls creek and we were riding with um like a friend we had in common and like gracie i think asked me like one question and i just like spilled everything to her (laughs) (laughs) and then that whole week we just like didn't stop hanging out we just we just like clicked right then and there and like i think god really knew i needed a godly friend and so he put gracie in my life for a reason that is so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I love telling Cassie my story, especially when people meet us and just see how we kind of like banter off each other and just like flow so well together. Um, and when we tell people, yeah, we just met in April, they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, what the heck? Um, but Cassie, if you don't mind, go ahead and tell everybody just kind of your testimony, like what your life was like before Christ. Just actually tell us like your whole life timeline because it's so insane. It's so crazy. It is. Yeah. It is really crazy. So I was adopted. Um, I came from kind of a, I'd say like an abusive neglect home. Um, my biological parents were just really into drugs, um, and like selling drugs and in and out of jail. I didn't really know what to do. Um, so I was put into the foster system when I was around, I would say two and a half, three, and I went in about five homes and then, um, my aunt knew, um, of this pastor in Vermont, that's where I was born, and they set me up and everything, and so I stayed there, and as soon as I stayed there, like, they kept me. <laughs> and so I kind of lived with them until I was five. And then five, my adoption was finalized because we were going to move to California because my dad is a church planner. So we moved to California. And um, I would say, like, my story would probably, like, it started then, but then where it really got, like, I think God, like, used it was in eighth grade. Um, my like big biological sister came out to me and like kind of clicked that was my first time to click with her and then um i think that's when like i first realized that i'm not a part of that family and i am a part of this adoptive family and like that was just like very real to me and so i think that's like when depression kind of started for me but i wouldn't say like really but i had like some of those feelings um 
And then my last day of eighth grade, which I remember it so clearly, which is crazy. Um, but that's when I first started smoking. And so that was like, that's really rough for me because like of my background, my parents' background, and then just like who my um, adopted parents are and how he's a pastor and everything. Um, throughout like ninth grade, I struggled with depression and suicide. Um, and then in ninth grade, my dad got a calling to move to Boulder, Colorado. And so I actually didn't, they moved out in the middle of the school year. I moved out in the summer. And so that was really rough because it was the summer. I had no friends. And so like, I just spent a lot of time sleeping in my room, like depressed. And when I finally like got back into school, I started cheer and I thought like, I think everyone thought like this was gonna be a good start over like and everything. And my parents had no idea really like how bad I was. And so, um, I got in with the wrong crowd in Colorado, which I would say is very easy to do in the town I was in just cause it's Boulder. Um, I, we started like smoking just like often, but then it got to like obsessive and it was just like every day it got to where I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't be without it. And so, um, it was all the time and everywhere. Um, and then that's kind of where <laughs> I've had a bad interest in guys, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so. Tell um, us about it though. <laughs> so, one of the guys I was with, it was really rough. I thought it was gonna be really good, and then, like, he started verbally abusing me, and then it got a little physical. Um, and so, that I feel like was a real starting point of my depression. Um, I just, like, I think it just made me feel like I was a nobody, like, and then made me kind of start like thinking about how I was adopted, why I was adopted. And then that caused me to smoke even more because I was like, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to do any of that. And so um, that's when self-harm started too and just all of that. And then I think that's when my parents like kind of found out about everything and like saw that my depression was getting bad. So I started um, medicine and all that stuff. Um, and then it got to the point where smoking was way out of hand. So I was getting drug tested and they were, they were just really trying to pursue me to do good. And I was doing everything in my power to not do good. <laughs> and so I, um, I started running away almost every week. That kind of started before COVID. So when COVID hit, you can't like, you can imagine how I was <laughs> stuck, stuck in a family that like I didn't necessarily want to be with, which is hard for me to think about now and where I am now. But um, then in March of, March 21st, actually of, when did COVID start? Like 2020? Yeah. Of 2020, yeah, it was 2020. I tried to commit suicide then. Um, mm -hmm. And I ended up being admitted into the hospital. But what is like so crazy about this is I had like a like a 50-50 chance of like taking the right pills. Like one was the right pill, one was the wrong pill. And I happened to take the wrong pill. And I say happened because it wasn't happened, it was God. And obviously he had plans for me and I didn't see that at the time. Mm -hmm. But um, I was there for my 17th birthday and then I left um, the next day to go home. Um, and then pretty soon after that, that's when I left home like completely. And I just started um, kind of hopping around friends' houses, wherever I could stay. That was my senior year. Mm -hmm. So when school started, I was doing nothing. 
And so, like, I was going down the path where I wasn't going to graduate. I wasn't going to do anything. And so I think, like, me and my mom had a conversation. And I think she kind of got to me. And it it was kind of set in, like, wow, I'm not going to graduate. And that was very real to me because I was like, that's like my bio parents. And I don't want to be like that. I want to do better. I want to break that generation. And so... Um, I realized that at least I needed to graduate school, so my mom gave me a choice um, to go to Oklahoma and stay with the family and get caught up on school and graduate. Um, it was hard because I still had a lot of ties in Colorado, and I like was still talking to them every day, and so it was really hard. But there was there was this one day. It was a Thursday because it was Paradigm. Yeah. Um, my sister and her husband um, were involved with the BCM when they went to OU. And it was so crazy. They, my mom had been following this guy Caleb Freeman's story for since like his accident happened in I don't know, I think that was like 2017. Yeah. Um. So it was crazy, and she had shown me, but I didn't really think like that wasn't ever something I thought about. And so I went, and she was like, convinced my sister to take me, and was like, <laughs> Cassie really needs to hear a story. And so I heard his story, and it just like. It's so crazy. It's like, to me, it's like God raising someone from the dead. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what it really showed me. And, like, to me, like, growing up in church, I had the head knowledge. And, like, I really chose not to believe it. And to me, that was like, oh, my, like, how can someone sit here and listen to this story and believe that God is not real? Yeah. And God, like, like, our God is just so amazing. And so that's when I received Christ. Um... But (laughs) I still really struggled because of those ties in Colorado. Um, I would say that summer I really, I started smoking again. Mm -hmm. I just, it was just really rough for me. And um, my mom found out again. And I think I was really embarrassed and I was, I was scared of what was going to happen. And so I didn't know how I was going to get up from this. So instead of trying to do better and come up and believe that God will carry me through, I like lost faith and I just ran back to Colorado. And so I was there for a while. I was there for maybe three months, I think, um, July to October. So I don't know. (laughs) 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 um, So while I was there, so much happened in those like three months. And like what was so crazy is like to me, like now, like sitting here and like being stronger in Christ, like I just. I'm like, why did I do that? But, like, God was writing my story throughout all of it. Yeah. And so, like, I became close with, like, some of my old friends. And um, there's a lot of rough things that happened. But I think one of the biggest changes is one of my friends committed suicide. And it really made me view things very differently because I struggle with suicide. Yeah. And then I also, like, saw the effects of suicide. And so, to me... I was just devastated. Yeah. I like couldn't carry myself. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. So I just, you know, I was really into drugs still again and so I just wouldn't numb myself. Yeah. And we had his funeral and on his way back from the funeral, I got in a car accident. Mm-hmm. So it was just like boom 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 like things after things after things. And so I was just like I was done. I was like Yeah. I was like at that point it's like if God is real, he wouldn't be doing this. And yeah. so but I, like, I had to really, actually, it was sad. I had to, like, come off of drugs and, like, come off these awful drugs to realize, like, I'm 
I'm dying. Like, and not like dying physically at that moment, but like, I just saw myself, I saw my future and I'm like, I knew that this isn't a life I should be living. And so I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm not following Christ. I'm not following his plan for me. Mm -hmm. And like, he has more for me. And so that's kind of why I started seeking help. But it was so hard because I didn't really feel like I had an out. And so I went back again. And so I like, I went back and then actually it's so crazy. So um, when I was back I forgot this part, but when I was back in Oklahoma before I moved back to Colorado, I got really close to the guy's family who, like, I heard his testimony and received Christ, so Caleb Freeman's family. Um, I got really close to them. His sister was my best friend, Aubrey, and I just, like, created such a bond with this family. And so I lived with them, actually, for a while. They were so, so kind to, like, invite me into their home and everything. I went to their church. I Yeah. And then I kind of just left, and I didn't tell anyone I didn't do any of that so like can you just give a like a glimpse of Caleb's story like really quick yeah people that haven't heard Mm -hmm. of it before so Caleb was in a wreck when he was 16 yeah 16 um he was hit by a semi truck and got a, a traumatic brain injury they told him from like day one his family like he shouldn't be waking up he shouldn't be doing any of this and so finally like he lived past the first day which is like a big deal like 97% of these people don't live with this injury and so that happened and so like throughout this all like they just kept saying but God like you're telling me this stuff but God has the final say and so just throughout it all God has shows like his his grace through it all and so he he woke up Mm -hmm. and he wasn't responsive he wasn't responsive for a couple I think a couple days a couple weeks I'm not sure about that but then finally he nodded his head and that was like a huge deal but they were like just be careful because he probably won't eat walk talk like do any of this again and like through it all it's been almost five years this december and like he is just amazing like he has grown so much even from the day that i've met him which was like way after his accident like he's his walking has gotten so great like he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't need really any help walking yeah he he can eat perfectly fine yeah <laughs> he, he can he can talk like he he has functional relationships oh, yeah. which he is, can talk like no yes. other <laughs> <laughs> and so like god has really shown me so much through him and his story yeah. and his family his family i just like i love them i can't mm-hmm. even express my love for them yeah. and so like Actually, when I was back in Colorado and all this stuff had happened to me over and over and over again, I saw this post on Facebook, which was really random. Yeah. But (laughs) I saw that Caleb and his mom were in Colorado um, because he did some therapy, like, when he was just out of um, the hospital. And so he um, was there, and I hadn't talked to his parents. I hadn't right. talked to him in so long mm-hmm. um, because I didn't even tell them I was really leaving or anything. And so I kind of just, like, I texted my mom. I was like, do you see that, like, Caleb and his family are here? Like, would you possibly take me um, to go and meet up with them or something? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I'd be willing to do that um, just because, like, we didn't have the best relationship at this time, so for her to do that was really gracious. And so um, I texted his mom. I was like, would you want to meet up? And they said, of course. Like, let's meet here at the hospital. Um, 
there's like a sitting area so mm-hmm. I go and I kind of just was telling them what had happened yeah and Emily Freeman his mom she like kind of discipled me she knew me pretty well yeah um, knew my struggles knew everything like that and she goes Cassie like after all this she goes this isn't a life you need to be living you know it's not right so why are you here yeah and so my thing I just told her like I can't get out. Like, I know this isn't a life, but I don't know a way out. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I believe that we were brought here to rescue you. And so, like, which is, this is so crazy because they never get a chance to drive anywhere. They're so busy. They have so many kids. It's like, (laughs) you don't ever get a chance to drive to Colorado from Oklahoma. And so they got a chance to drive there. And so I was like, if I told them, I said, if I need to get out, I need to get out now. Like, I know I'm going to go back if I don't leave now. And so they were like, well, we drove here. You can come back with us tomorrow. If you are here by, like, 12.15, come be here with all your stuff, and we will leave. Wow. And so I was there. I stayed throughout the night, (laughs) which I didn't run. Yeah. I was like, that's even amazing because I'm surprised I didn't do that. Yeah. And so I rode back with them. Um, And this is where it gets so crazy. (laughs) Um, So... I had, like, a choice when I got to Oklahoma. I couldn't be living with their family just because of the state I was in. I was coming off of drugs. It wasn't safe. Yeah. We weren't going to do that to their family. And so I had a chance to go to California for two months at this discipleship program, which it was so amazing. But um, then, or go back to Colorado. My mom said, I'll buy you a ticket. You can go back. Like, do do whatever you want to do. And so I actually chose to go back. To Colorado uh-huh. <laughs> um yet again and yes yet again and so then um my best friend Aubrey Freeman she um I just saw that effect on her mm-hmm. when I told her that and it just like it shattered her heart and like I didn't realize the effect I had on her yeah. I didn't realize like she she loved me that much I think and so I just saw that and like it broke me and so then um later that night actually Caleb like it was it was funny he was like everyone get out of the car I need to talk to Cassie (laughs) I was like oh my gosh I was like "Uh (laughs) and so he like everyone gets out of the car and he just is like I don't, I don't even, like, remember him saying anything. Like, I know he said some things. He just said, like, what are you feeling right now or something. And he just let me, like, express my feelings to him. And God, he was silent, which is amazing. Yeah. Good job, Caleb. Props <laughs> to you. He <laughs> didn't talk for, like, he didn't two talk. minutes. Yes. And he just, like, God spoke through him to me. Yeah. And I just got my answer right then and there. Like, Cassie, you need to go to this program. I have big plans for you. Yeah. Like, I have a future for you. And, like, that is so, that was so hard in my life. I had never seen a future for myself. I honestly, like, was like, I'm going to end up dead in, like, a year. Like, that was, that was just my reality Mm -hmm. in the way I was living life. And so, we did that. Um, I went, I left, like, a week later to go to that program. I was there for Mm -hmm. two months. Um it really got me back to the basics of Christ. And so I went back, like, how do you read the Bible? How do you like, how do you just be in the presence of God? Yeah. Yeah. And I had never really gotten that. And so that was just like my starting point. And just from there, I just learned so much. I learned so much through the ladies there. I was actually the youngest. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was that. the youngest girl there. They, um, it comes from like a community of homeless people and like drug addicts and people like trying to get their children back. And like, 
It was so crazy. Like, I saw my biological mom in so many of those kids. Besides, like, and I just, I was able to encourage them by saying, like, my biological mom, she didn't do this. And you guys are fighting for your children back, and you're doing it through Christ. And so, like, it was just so amazing for me to see that. And so, I went through that, and then I got back here. um, And that's kind of where, like... I just started life. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to do. (laughs) So, like, the Freemans helped me so much. So, they were able to give me a car. Um, I got a job in Newcastle as a para uh, for special needs kids. And just since then, like, I don't even know. Like, I was, like, in church today, and I was just, like, brought to tears because I watch a special needs kid um, in the morning so their parents can go to... um, Sunday school, but I was just, like, brought to tears because, like, seeing him, like, the special needs kid sitting in front of me and, like, seeing myself, I'm, like, I'm able to care for you. Yeah. Like, because of what God did to me. Yeah. Like, because what God did for me and through me, I'm able to care for you. Right. And, like, that is the biggest gift for me. Yeah. Is to be able to care for others. Like, that's where I really receive Christ. Yeah. And so, like, he has just worked so much through through me and like for me yeah um like his grace is just just boundless yeah. I just I I'm just in like an awe right? of it all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. when I think about it like sometimes I don't even think about it because I'm like this is so deep <laughs> yeah you're like I could go on forever yeah I could go on about forever this. yeah yeah so it's just like I just love it yeah I I'm just so like just so thankful yeah I'm so thankful for that he saved me yeah and because you know we're chosen we're chosen people and so that just it just makes me so thankful and so I'm actually coming up for to a year sober Um, so let's go yeah and and I think that God like I don't have much like temptation in like terms of drugs yeah I think that he has given me that gift yeah for Um, sure like when times get hard of course like my yeah. main thing is like I wish I could just numb it Run because back to yeah, old ways, I, yeah I was numb for since 8th grade basically like yeah. I was just nonstop on drugs and mm-hmm. so like but I think God gives me that that like temptation and struggles so that I can see his goodness and his grace That's good. So, yeah, like I'm like I'm really tempted right now but I'm going to choose God yeah. because this got me here, but God has gotten yeah. me all the way here. I was about to ask you, like, how do you how do you fight temptation? Because some maybe someone's listening that's like uh-huh. in the same spot. I'm like, yeah, I just keep it. Like, I got into sin, I gave my life to Christ, and I thought, you know, after giving mm-hmm. my life to Christ, it would just all go away, and it's like yeah. sunshine and rainbows. But I'm still struggling with this temptation. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want mm-hmm. people to like think I'm weird or I'm crazy or think I'm weak. Like, what is just something that you would speak into their life? I would say, so I would say the main thing is, like, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that the enemy really uses for people during temptation. They'll ice, he'll, like, isolate you and be like, you are this, own, like, you're the only person that has this temptation. Like, yeah. if you share this temptation with people, they're gonna, they're gonna just attack you. Yeah. And, like, that is not true. Like, there are so many people in the church that love you and just will do anything to help you get through this because you can get through this right and so I think it's just about like 
during that temptation, get into God's word Mm -hmm. because that's truth. That is the truth. Um, Anything that's negative in your mind is not from God. Anything like that, it's just not God. Yeah. And so I think that you just have to... It's hard to define that, though, when you're in that moment, because I get in those moments all the time. I'm like, no. (laughs) I'm like, it is this way. My life is always going to be like this. And it's like, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. Like, you just need to take a moment. And if that is by yourself... Like, I feel like that's the best moment to right. get yourself together. Yeah. Is by yourself alone with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's the one that's going to carry you through this. Yeah. No person, no substance, no activity, nothing will get you through this but Jesus. Yeah. And so I think you you really have to lean on him through it all. Right. Not just in the good moments, but in the bad moments, yes. too. That's so, good, Cassie. I think that is I think that's what I would say that's what I try to do I struggle obviously because and like you need to realize that we are sinners we're human we are gonna sin but because of what God did for us and like Jesus did for us on the cross we get grace yeah and so we need to see that and take that opportunity yeah we're gonna we're gonna fail because we're not Jesus yeah um but like you need to also learn, like, is this a way that Jesus would want me to be living? Right. And so look at that moment, and that's where, like, yeah, you're going to mess up, but then change. Yeah. Don't keep doing it. Change. Don't actually say, oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. You need to actually change because I said that for years. I was like, I'm going to change. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to change. And it's just not going to happen if and the only way it will happen is with Jesus. Yeah. Like, there, you're not you're not getting anywhere without right. Jesus. And yeah. so I think that's, like, my biggest thing I would say. That's awesome. That was so good. Like, <laughs> actually putting in the change. Because it's easy to say you're going to mm-hmm. do something and then not follow through yeah. with it. But we're called to be doers of the word mm-hmm. and not just hearers. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I th- um, Something else that just popped into my mind as you were telling your testimony. Like, how your dad, like, in substance abuse and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you got into, like, smoking. And, like, you said breaking, you know you wanted to break that generational mm-hmm. cycle. Um, do you think this is kind of a deep question? Mm-hmm. So I like, can answer however you want to with people listening. Um, do you think that how you viewed your biological dad affected your view of like the father character of God? Hmm. That's, that is a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like how to answer that. Um, I feel like, yes, in a way, yes, but no. Yeah. Because I feel like I really struggled to even have a relationship with the dad that adopted me. Yeah. Just because of that dad. And so I think, like, it was so hard for me to even, like, create relationships with people because he was never there. Right. And so I'm like, if my, like, this is how I view things, if my biological parents who gave birth to me couldn't couldn't love me and keep me why would these people who just chose me wow like love me and so yeah but you know it's like just like god chose me this family chose me yeah they didn't have to but they did because they love me and that's the same with jesus and that's what i had to see like through the father jesus is that he chose me yeah he chose to save me. Wow. And so that just shows his love for me. And so actually, like, 
now I, I'm speaking to my biological father, like, little by little, but, like, just sharing truth with him, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's what, like, I feel like that's what Jesus would do, and yeah. even though I don't agree with what he has done, who mm-hmm. he has been, I do feel like he deserves grace just like I deserved grace, mm-hmm. and so I just want to, like, I just want to show him that I do love him no matter even if he doesn't know me, because he really doesn't know me. Right. But I do love him because mm-hmm. Christ loves him. And wow. Christ sees him through, through like, I want to see him through Jesus' eyes. I don't want to see him in my eyes anymore Yeah. because that is just hurt. And even though I'm hurt by his choices, he's a sinner. Yeah. And so I just, like, I see, I see the Father Christ in a very different way now. Yeah. Then I definitely did, I believe. What has that process been like for you? Like, I know, like, I know a lot about this, but, like, for people listening, what was your relationship like with your dad before and, like, how it's led up to the stuff that you're doing with him now? Uh Okay, so this last time that I was in Colorado um, is kind of when I got a hold of him. He had just gotten out of jail from, like, he was in jail for a while. Yeah. um, For a couple years. And so then... um, it kind of started with him giving me money, actually, when I was just, like, using drugs and everything like that because I had no, like, way of getting money. Right. And so it actually started out like that. And then it got to the point where I, I was just struggling too much and, like, I was using him too much because my mentality was, like, it's the least he could do for me, you yeah, know? Yeah, And so then when I went to California, I got back. I actually didn't my mom advised me not to really reach out to him just because like I wasn't really strong enough yet right and I believe that was true I think my heart wasn't in the right place Mm -hmm. and I believe that I hadn't forgiven him Mm -hmm. and so now like it took me it took me until probably a month ago to really see like okay I've forgiven him but it's been so hard because I haven't really processed my adoption um, because I've just been so numb from the drugs, I think. And so I think this time, like, I processed it. Yeah. And so I just see, I see his hurting. I see, actually, it's crazy. I see myself in him. Wow. And so I see his struggle. I see his pain. I see his sadness. I see, I see that he's trying not to let his mistakes define him. Right. And so I'm like, you know what? God's given me this grace. My mistakes don't define me. So why should his mistakes define him? Wow, that's incredible. And so I just, I don't know. I just really want to show him that love. And I do believe he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, I think, I do believe I truly have forgiven him. And so I think that I just, I just want to show him God's love. So Wow. That's so, every, like, even though I know that, every time you say it, I'm still just, like, always put, like, back in my place, and it's like, yeah, sit down, Grace, like, you got a lot to learn, I'm like, okay, (laughs) um, but let's say that someone is, like, mini Cassie listening Uh to this podcast, because, like, some friend shared it, or, Uh like, I don't know, they're a regular listener, but they've kind of been in that same spot, whether it be substance abuse, or, like, I don't know, like, sexual impurity, or maybe Mm -hmm. just, like, like stuff like pornography or Mm -hmm. masturbation and stuff like things that you can get addicted to outside of Mm -hmm. substance like alcohol or even like gambling um what would you say to someone who is like a mini cassie just Mm -hmm. listening right now 
I think that like you have a future like those things that you did are not you um that is the old you like if you have received Christ and you have made him the boss of your life then you are new those mistakes don't define you yeah. and so like even though you you might have gone back a little bit it doesn't it doesn't define you yeah like Christ has made you new he doesn't expect us to be perfect he doesn't expect us to to show to be Jesus yeah he expects us to be the new us and so and try our hardest and try to live like Jesus and so I just like I know that it's hard and I know especially with the world we're living in like what like it's so hard I I like look at um like girls now like even in middle school or like high school and it it like make it makes me mad but it makes me so sad yeah and I'm just like I just want to rescue them I just want to be like hello like (laughs) change your life change your life because you can Mm -hmm. you don't have to live like that and it's not it you can change yeah like it's not impossible yeah um it seems like that in the moment but if you really want it Jesus can do it. Yeah. And what are some, like, practicals that you personally do, like, when you're tempted? Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to say, like, what you're tempted yeah. by, but, like, like let's just say you have temptation to do, like, a certain sin. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, like, your go-to, like, practicals and stuff? Yeah. Besides, like, prayer, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think um, community. Community mm. is a big one. But not community with the friends that will tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And that is something I've learned. God, I feel like, really isolated me for a long time. Because that's where I got my, like... I got my comfortability... Comfort? Comfort. There we yeah. go. <laughs> I, I like... got my comfort from. is like, through my friends. Yeah. And so, he isolated me and just showed me, like no Cassie like I will give you friends when you depend on me and me alone goodness and so that's good I think that first of all you need to p- depend on Jesus and Jesus alone and then you need to find those godly friends that are going to tell you and lead you to Christ and Christ yeah. only yeah not like what they're feeling mm-hmm. what they think you want to hear like what Christ would say yeah and so and you'll and the thing is like you'll know those friends mm-hmm. like it's pretty obvious and it's like are those friends going to lead you to death or are they going to lead you to life? Yeah. And it's like, you will know. And it's just, that's where discernment comes in. And that, yeah. that's kind of on you, you right. know, it's like, you have that choice right. and like, Oh, this is something so good. So I was watching redeeming love the other day. Yes. And, um, my favorite line to like for him is he's talking to the girl and he goes this way, 20 miles uphill. And, like, that's where it's going to lead her to death. But he goes one mile downhill, hard, but you can do it. And so, like, to life. And so it's, like, it's, like, why would you, why would you go back so many steps when you've come so far? Wow. And so it's, like, just think of that. Think of all the good you've done. Don't think of the past. Because the past doesn't define you. That's good. And so I think that's something that I have to do daily is like 
passes into find me the passes. But like it's it's a daily surrender. Yeah. You can't just surrender once and be okay. Like it's right. a daily surrender. And so I think that I do that. I surrender every morning. Um I still struggle. It's it's everyone sure. struggles. Yeah. What's a verse you memorize to help like your struggles? Hmm. Let's see. I know there's a couple that you have memorized, but yeah. just think of like the one that you can recall. I, think, I can't put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. I know memory memory. <laughs> um I think I don't know I guess it's like in, I don't know which what it's in. But right now I'm doing the like be anxious about nothing one. I'm trying oh, to learn that one right good. now. Just because I think I'm having a lot of anxiety about like who am I supposed to be? Yeah. Like, who has Christ called me to be? What does he want me to do with my life? And, yeah. like, I want to rush it so badly. I'm right? Gonna, I want to see what his plan is for me. I know. And I think that's where the eager's coming from is I'm like, I know he has plan. What's your plan? Yeah. <laughs> like, like um, I've been committed. My life's been yeah. changed. Take the Lord. Like, I want to go. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Like, little glimpse. I'm like, ready. Give me a little. <laughs> tell me just a little bit of it. That's but so funny. I think, like. I'm just so anxious to know what my life is going to be, what he has planned for me. And actually, um, I'm going to be starting nursing at OCCC. And so I'm like kind of seeing like, where is Christ going to lead me through that? Like, is that the right thing for me? Like, I'm still praying about it. Is, is that the right thing for me? Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, only God knows. So I'm just like, I'm seeking him day by day. Yeah. And I think that's good too. Also, just like going back to the friends thing that I was thinking about, Mm -hmm. like when you said that you'll know about your friends, like Mm -hmm. that's so true. And I know that's so hard for people just like if you're listening and you're like, people always tell me that, but I just don't, I still don't know. And like, all I have to say is it's so true because for Cassie and I, we clicked immediately, but Mm -hmm. for other people like Betsy, you just Mm -hmm. had to be consistent. And now you and Betsy can, I mean, literally last night when everybody was at the house on the couch, you, Whitney and Betsy were just chilling there, like talking. And I didn't even have to like sit there and try to bridge, you know, like y'all just got along. But with those people, like you didn't get to go on the retreat with them Mm -hmm. where we met. Um, so you just had to be like consistent. And I think that's thing I've seen you do is like, you know you've gone astray but now that you have come back and like given your life to the lord it wasn't easy like you said and like you had to be practical about things and you also had to be spiritual at the same time and Mm -hmm. then like with the friends god isolated you and then he allowed you to come back to the bcm we met you got connected Mm -hmm. with like two other girls that you were connected with before And with us, it was instant, and you knew, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew, too. Duh. I was yeah. like, yeah, we're going to be best friends now. I hope, you know, we're going to hang out, like, every day, and we basically did. Yeah, we did. Um, and, but with other people, like, it may not have been on the first time you met them, yeah. but you still knew, like, if I'm consistent with this. Yeah. And you showed up to events. You showed mm-hmm. up to Paradigm Nights and, like, came to just hang out at the BCM and brought Caleb with you a couple times. Yeah. Like, I think just, like, your consistency in that has been really cool to see, like, no matter your story. Yeah, and I think, like, guarding your heart, too. Mm, Um, Go there. Because it's just, you know, you can think someone is someone, and it's really hard to, like, it's really hard to discern, like, is this... Is this a Christian person or is it a godly person? That's good. And so I think you just, you have to be careful, especially like with a past like mine or like a past, like if you struggle with this too, it it's just going to be different for us. It's going to be... It, it's going to be hard and this is going to be a struggle for the rest of our lives but what we look forward to is like the day where we get to be with christ and so like this life isn't supposed to be easy right um this life 
isn't supposed to be everything we imagined it to be. It's what God has planned for us and why he has us on this earth. Exactly. And so I think I, I, that's something I have to look forward to. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be living on this earth. This earth is getting horrible. (laughs) It's like, it's just, it's just sad and depressing, but like, uh, we're here for a reason. Amen. And so we need to live out what God has planned for us. But I he wants to be he wants us living this life with others. Yeah, that's good. And so get community, get plugged in and be discerned by your friends. Yes. <laughs> good, be wise Cassie. about your friends because friends can change everything for you. Oh yeah. And so or even one godly friend. Even yeah. one godly friend can change so much for you. And so I think that that is, that's big. Yeah. That's, that's I, I feel like, is something that when you're struggling, like, community is what brings me up. Good. Um, especially, like, the Freemans. That's who I go to. And right. so, like, they know me enough to be like, okay, Cassie, you're overreacting. Yeah. Or, like okay like let's sit down let's pray let's talk about this like why are you feeling this way yeah because your your feelings your emotions are valid Mm -hmm. it's okay to feel those things but it's not okay to stay there yeah and so you just have to know when to get up from it good Okay, well, kind of to end on a lighter note, mm-hmm. um, something that I think was really cool that we talked about last night, or, like, one mm-hmm. of the girls brought up that was over, um, she said that one of their icebreakers for, like, a small group that they had uh-huh. was, like, what's your lock screen, and why is it your lock screen? Uh-huh. Like, what's the importance behind it? So, <laughs> I'm gonna end, wait, I don't know what your lock screen is, why are you laughing now? <laughs> You're, like, dying laughing. So, if you want to explain, like, what is your lock screen on your phone? Um... Wait, let me see it. I have your phone. Oh. (laughs) You don't have to go into, like, too much detail, but... My lock screen on my phone is Caleb Freeman. Um, <laughs> it's actually a really cute picture. She, I'll describe it more since she's not going to. It's like this beautiful sunset, and they're all hugging, and, like, they're just smiling, just having a good old time. Um, so me and Caleb, we have, like gotten together and we are dating now but we're seeking god through it all you know oh yeah it's 100%. like it's it's not gonna be easy for either of us like with my issues with some of yeah. his issues you know and it's a like it's a daily surrender together too, like to yeah. jesus and so like i have him on my locks right it's just like a it's a daily reminder like of god's grace because not just mm. like the grace he has shown me but the grace he has shown caleb like through resurrecting him and yeah. like that shows and bringing y'all power. together yeah too. and just showing like like he's such a great reminder to me like he wakes up yeah. he wakes up every morning um like just worshiping yeah and like <laughs> to me i'm like dude it's 6 a.m yeah like, what are you doing <laughs> but like when you when you get past this and like once it's like 8 a.m yeah I'm like, okay. <laughs> and Cassie rolls out of bed yeah. i'm like okay now it's okay but like just to see that it's just like it's just a daily reminder like look at how good god is yeah god is so good and his and timing so, is perfect yeah too. and like everything is in his timing and that's something that i'm i'm trying to be okay with too right. it's not our timing it's god's yeah. timing matter we can try to rush it but that's not gonna go anywhere right yeah so it's god's timing and yeah. so that's why i have my lock screen just 
daily reminder. That's so funny. I didn't even know it was Caleb. I was kind of <laughs> thinking it would be like a friend or like Aubrey maybe, yeah. but that's so funny. Um, what's really cool, like for, because those of you listening are probably like, if you know Caleb, you're yeah. like, whoa, what the yeah. heck? Like she's dating him now? I just want to say like, it took them months. Like mm-hmm. I would even tease her. This is like so bad yeah. of me, but no, if you know my personality, would. like you know, I'm totally kidding. But like I would always just be like, so when when's the label gonna be yeah. put on it? Uh-huh. And Cassie's like, I don't know, Gracie. And like <laughs> she, it took about what seven months of talking, and you mm-hmm. involved both families though. Like yes. you would sit down with Caleb and his parents, and yeah. like work are and still and are they still do yeah. yeah because it's like. They're so wise. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, like, they're just, like, one of the wisest people I know, honestly. Yeah. And just, I want them to be involved. Like, yeah. they deserve Aww. to be involved. And it's like, they're two godly people, and we want we want God through this. And so, like, you wow. know, if this is God's plan, I would love it, you know? Yeah. If this isn't God's plan, then he's going to show us through it, you know? Yeah. And so, it's just, it's just seeking God through it all and it's it's been so amazing and it's been so amazing to see God work through the both of us independently but just being a part of like seeing what God's doing through Caleb yeah and so like that's been like so rewarding for me yeah and so any of you know that any of you that know Caleb he really is the way he is yeah like, he is not just for yes. his speaking events yes. or stuff, but he really is he that He really way. is that way. I can confirm, yes. too. Yes. Every time he sees me, he's like, Jesus loves yeah. you. And, like, some people would think, like, what? Every person he sees, there's no mm-hmm. way. And I'm like, no. No, like, every single person. To. And you're beautiful. Yes. And, like, even though he might, like, this, this is what he says. He's like, even though you're not for me, like, it doesn't mean you're not beautiful. <laughs> and so, like, oh, and I just God. love that. That's so true, though. Everyone is beautiful. Yeah. Like, everyone's beautiful because God made them. Yeah. And so, even if they're not the one for you, they're so beautiful. Right. And so, I love that he says that to everyone. People are like, um, are you okay with that? I'm like, I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, I think it's cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, it doesn't bother me because everyone is beautiful. Yeah. Everyone's beautiful to me too. Yeah. So I love that. Yes. So. Thank you, Cassie, for being so open. Yes. I just like thrilled you about your biological family's life, your whole testimony. No, I love Caleb. it. This is my first time sharing my testimony. What? So, yes. Welcome to Sully Dale Gloria. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, if you guys want to follow Cassie on Instagram or even just like not specifically follow her but if you want to just like talk to her encourage her ask her questions cassie what's your instagram i think it's hold on <laughs> she's like yeah, I have to check. she's not really on it like super duper much yeah, she i just, just got, got it, it back, back. Yeah. yeah um it is cassie may pitt so may is m-a-e not m-a-y yeah <laughs> and then my instagram is at gracie underscore woody and if you can't find cassie's you'll see her on yeah, my page yeah. she's on there <laughs> you'll find her tag but yeah. yeah we love you guys so much thank you cassie yes thank for you for having show. me and i will see you guys next week bye